This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time to raise your game. It's Sadlin Chuan. Good morning. In the world of training and development, the term keynote speaker, trainer, consultant and coach are used interchangeably. They each have a distinct role and speciality to bring an organization to the next level. Now, when your company engages a keynote speaker, this person's expertise and inspiration really needs to resonate with the audience. The crux of the matter is when to hire who and for what purposes. Now, Andrew Chow, founder of Idemart, is a keynote speaker, trainer and consultant. He plays the different roles based on different requirements of the client. He is also the author of Social Media 247, a series we just completed last year on Raise Your Game. So, Andrew, welcome back. Yes, very good to be on a new series. What is a keynote speaker and what does he need to do to get the message across to the audience? Typically, a keynote speaker, uh, traditionally, the mindset is he provides the excitement, the motivation, and is usually invited at the beginning of a conference to set the tone. Now, that may be the traditional role of a keynote speaker, but to a company, a keynote speaker, the job really was done before the speaking. He has to interview the top men to the media managers to find out what are the challenges of the company and what are the key message the management wants to tell the staff because a CEO can say the same thing 10 times a year and after that the message is immune to the to the audience so you need a different voice but it's actually a hired salesperson from right. the outside to speak the message of the management at the same time to provide the motivation and the objective motivation behind for example creativity why do you need to be creative what is it in for you so it's actually to get the buy-in of the majority in an organization before the company move forward. So oh. typically, a keynote speaker address the first man to the last man. Okay. It's usually a company conference, a retreat where the CEO and right down to the operation guys are all in the same setting. They all sit together and they listen to the same guy. So even if the CEO knows exactly what the keynote speaker is saying, he has to become part of the audience. So it's exciting. And a lot of times, the keynote speaker charges like a few thousand dollars per hour. A lot of people are amazed uh, why command such a high price. But the work was done before the delivery of that keynote. Okay. So it's typically between 45 minutes to an hour. But the thing is with keynote speaker, is the script prepared by the company or by the speaker himself? The key messages are definitely stated down by the company, right. the one who hired him. Mm-hmm. But the delivery and the style, the illustrations, the stories, the jokes, the application and the motivation and the persuasion are all done by the speaker's flair. So sometimes, which is why before you hire a keynote speaker, get some YouTube video of the style of the person. So if you are talking about creativity, you first of all look for a creativity guru. You look for someone who is stylish, the one who do things differently. If you want knowledge and thought leadership, you should get someone who are more serious, someone who can uh, do in-depth study Mm. and he come with a very original concept. So the keynote speaker's personality must resonate with the company's vision. Yes, then you'll find the synergy. And that is why keynote speaker, it's hired for one-time basis only. Okay, I can imagine because if the keynote speaker doesn't resonate with the company's values and mm. concepts and it's a mm. totally different thing, then the show doesn't go. That's right. And uh, usually there's no rehearsal. Okay. Usually the keynote speaker doesn't need to rehearse right. in front of the management. He just delivers it. And of course, what he does on stage is totally up to him. Whether he wants to have engagement, whether he wants to do a demonstration is really up to him. So the end result is they do what the management wants with his own flair. 
So what is the role of a trainer and how do you evaluate performance long after training is being executed? Okay, training, it's, or I should say a trainer, it's another level of intervention employed by companies to raise it to the next level, particularly learning and development. Now, a trainer is hired to address certain issue arising out of a training gap analysis. For example, if the company's policy requires the staff to perform at an A-plus level, and after evaluation, the staff are performing at a C-plus level, for example, customer service, there's a gap of two grades. So how do we fill up the gap of this uh, lapse of customer service? It can be done by proper training. So once the need is identified and you think a training is necessary, for example, 500 staff need to be trained by this year and we're going to hire X number of trainers. This is a requirement. Then a trainer comes in to deliver a training program with proper assessment and learning points. So the trainer don't speak all the time. Mm -hmm. The trainers do presentation, facilitation, and the participants will actually do a lot of interaction. Now, after the course, you don't just get a cert of attendance. You have to be certified being competent. So way after training is done, usually the company will do a lot of peer-to-peer appraisal, maybe one-on-one interview, or sometimes even doing an assignment for certain specification of courses. But whatever it is, you need to show before and after mark improvement for the training. So a trainer, usually when it is in-house training, that means the trainer is recruited to be training just that company alone and mm-hmm. everyone knows everybody. So you can discuss a lot of uh, sensitive topic okay. for training. Training is also provided externally, which is a public program, but it's not really effective. It's just learning, but there's no assessment. In-house training, there will be assessment, there will be review, and there will be evaluation of performance mm-hmm. per, per se. But the thing is, you know, it really depends individually, right? Because everybody presents themselves very differently. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you evaluate whether that person is competent enough to do that? Yes, that depends. I mean, how do you evaluate competency? Okay. Um, whoever that designed the training has to also design the assessment criteria. Assessment criteria for adult learner, in this case, is all the working adults. It's really different. Assessment criteria usually has to do with uh, performance based KPI, okay. all right, rating. Mm-hmm. So there must be a certain feedback that provide quantitative analysis of how how much improvement this person has. So in certain area of focus, it's hard to quantify. For example. For example, customer service. If you have less complaint, it actually shows you have improved. Yes, that's right. All right, so it's very clear cut. If you have more commendation letter, it also shows that you have improved. But is that really as a result of the training? Nobody knows. It could be that this person, one fine day wake up, I think I want to be a better person. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So so there can never be a, a perfect assessment. But as long as there's improvement, training is deemed to be effective. Right, and we'll talk about the role of of a consultant and what value does he bring to the organization with Andrew Chow from IDMART in just a moment. Raise your game, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Adeline Chua. Good morning. I've been speaking to Andrew Chow from Idea Mart about the different roles and speciality in the world of training and development. Our topic today is organizational learning and development. Now, earlier on, we spoke about what really is a keynote speaker and the role of a trainer. And now we'll dwell deeper into the other parts of training and development. So, Andrew, what is the role of a consultant and what value does he bring to the organization? Okay. Consultants most of the time are being engaged as the company 
embark on a strategy implementation. And even when it is in the planning phase, a consultant is recruited just to provide a very objective analysis of what the company is doing, what direction are they heading. Now, the company does not really need to follow what the consultant says, but whatever he says, whatever he suggests becomes strong recommendation. So he will provide a very objective third line. In short, he provides a pair of eyes that watch the company's back and okay. surrounding. So he can provide the guidelines for evaluation of a strategy. He can provide dashboards. He can provide a framework. So if there is a need for outsourcing, the consultant should provide the guidelines of how to select a certain vendor. Right. So he provides the system and the structure but the company will have to execute it based on their team and periodically he has to talk to the consultant whether they are doing the right thing or whether this is an industry practice. So a consultant provides very valuable advice but the consultant really is not part of the implementation. Okay. The consultant just tell you what is the standard but he really leaves the actual decision to you. So a consultant really is someone that will handhold someone for a while and neglect that someone at the right time. It can be in different work group. Mm-hmm. It can be the CEO. It can be a certain department. So a consultant plays a very important role. He don't train. He don't provide keynote speaking. He just provide the framework for operation and implementation. Okay. Yes. So basically, a consultant provides framework, dashboard, and guidelines, guidelines to the company. Yes. So he's so like the backbone of the company. Right. And he won't guarantee the success of any strategy. Mm-hmm. He will tell you the pros and cons, but you make the decision. Right. Yeah. Oh. So, so that is a role They're of clever consult. that way. <laughs> yes, very, very. It's very, very well covered. All right. Okay. And so, how about a coach? And who requires coaching? Okay, coaching is probably the only thing I do not do. But I have many friends who are coaches. There are many, many coaches. There are business coaches. There are presentation coaches. There are voice coaches. Even mm-hmm. I find that a coach is required for certain people who needs personalized attention. So a CEO may want coaching to handle the media and that cannot be addressed by training because the size is not just not big enough. He doesn't need a consultant because it's not a strategy that he wants to implement. Right. He's going to get better on a professional level. So he engaged a coach where he can have a relationship with. Now, a coach is different from a mentor. A coach is only interested in raising your performance, mm-hmm. whereas a mentor is interested in raising you as a person. Right. It's different. So you can have a very good coach. When his job is done, the contract is over. Okay, a coach is always blamed for the success or failure of something. For example, in the America, the NBA basketball team, when the team is not performing, mm-hmm. the players are not playing well, the coaches get fired. Yes, even though the players are paid much more than the coaches. Because they're responsible Correct. for it. Your responsibility is very, very heavy. Uh, uh, a coaches is more intimate than a consultant. A coaches actually tells you what to do, how to do it. Okay. As long as you have an increase in performance, mm-hmm. his job is done. But whether or not he progresses and become a mentor is really up to whether you like him and he likes you. So coaches are, are not very common, I must say. It's usually used by senior management mm-hmm. and it's usually not open. So nobody knows uh, who needs a coach. It's a very private and personal thing. And I think uh, coaches definitely need different skill set than a speaker. A coach will never talk down at people. But, but they always encouraging. Always encouraging. Yeah. You can do it. You can. This is how it's done. Okay. Let's work out a time frame. Maybe first week you do this, mm-hmm. and then we evaluate. Then second week we try this, mm-hmm. and then we. But if 
if we are moving too fast, maybe we revert back to uh, a week and a half. So it's it has a lot of personal touch. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a good friend. But you know, by what you're telling me, I feel that a coach and a mentor, a mentor has got more emotional attached. To it, and That's maybe right. a coach with less emotional attachment. Right. And a mentor, you can't hire a mentor, you can't fire a mentor, yeah. <laughs> you have to invite the mentor. And yes. a mentor, whether he comes in or he he wants to be invited as well. So mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to be invited, if he doesn't like you, even if, if you ask him, Can you be my mentor? it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a lot of things is not into an actual agreement. You just simply come together and, perf- and have the bonding. Whereas a coach is a contract agreement yes. so let's try for three months we want to move from point a to point b mm. if if we cannot make it we will not going to renew this yeah. this particular contract so it's very clear cut a coach has kpi himself so uh, it's very intrinsic so in a nutshell keynote speaker trainer consultant and coaches they all serve different function right uh, I know a lot of people, including myself, we have two or three more titles inside our name card. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you look at us. Sometimes when you look at a person, you find it's more suitable to be a trainer. Okay. Sometimes when you talk to a person, you find it's more suitable to be a coach. Whatever it is, choose the right person, give him the right requirements, and then you can go to the next level pretty easily, I would say, as long as you know what you want. Right. Yes. And you know, what other intervention uh, methods can be used to sharpen an organization's edge. Okay. Um, these are just four of I mean, the but intervention If you have method. all this in place, yes. you know, you've got the, got the coaches, you've got the trainers, yes. you've got... Yeah, so yeah. what else? So these are all external intervention. I think uh, internally, there needs to be something that people need to do um, within the company. For example, team building, team bonding, is something that you have to really do yourself, yes. right? So if we naturally don't like each other, we don't like each other's department, we're not going to work together. So the only way that we need to learn to get used to each other is to go through team building exercise. Okay. There are some people who have a certain mindset that cannot be changed by keynote speaker, exactly, by training. Yeah. So those people maybe need counseling. Yeah, yeah maybe they need yeah, to see a counseling. <laughs> and, and then maybe sometimes it's not with the people, it's with the structure. So you need to do rebranding, restructuring. Mm-hmm. That means you can't do training, you won't solve the problem. You have to reorganize the company. That is a painful decision by the company because that costs more money than training, keynote, consultancy, and coaching altogether. So, uh, be very careful of what you use. Sometimes the easiest way is to provide training. Sometimes a company just find that whatever problem that, that the company has, just do training. Mm-hmm. It's like what? No? It's like the only thing you have in your toolbox is a hammer. You see every problem as a nail, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you just yeah. So oh, this on. problem is a nail. So you take the hammer and then so you don't need the hammer all the time. You need a screwdriver. You need a spanner. You need a cram. You need a C cram and F cram. Whatever tools you have, use it according to what the tool is being designed. So each of these... Not one size fits all. So each of these intervention methods will serve a specific purpose. It has a specific deliverables. So we just have to know who is good in what. Who is to be hired at what time and why. Mm -hmm. If you answer these three questions, I think the company will have very good learning and development culture. You know, this brings me back to the question, Andrew, that, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you join a company, right? And you find that your values align with the company and you Mm -hmm. stay on and you work there. But what if sometimes you find that the company values are not aligned with yours? So does this apply to a coach as well? I mean, if if you find that that coach is not really Mm -hmm. suitable to your type of personality and you both just won't jive, you know, is it advisable to change coach? 
It I mean, will be because um, it just so happens that um, personality and branding sometimes comes together, and the clash. culture as well. Yeah. So culture is also because of the mindset of the senior management. Mm-hmm. I think who needs to who needs to give more? I think is the coach. The coach will need to adapt. If he doesn't have the latitude to adjust, mm-hmm. he will have to go. Someone else will have to come in. Yeah. So after all, it's easier to shift people than to shift a mountain. Yes. So right. um, that is why sometimes to change mindset, you need to have the keynote speaker to break the ground, mm-hmm. then fill up the gap with training, and when you implement it, engage a consultant. And for certain people, you may need coaching, and sometimes to make everything works, you need team building. So. It's different phases. Sorry, different tools at different phases. Although so, they work hand in hand. Yes, although they work hand in hand, and of course that always happens after restructuring. So can you imagine after restructuring, you you have moral issue. Yeah. You need a keynote and then speaker. Only you realize. Yes, keynote speaker will have it. Hey, it's okay. You know, change is part of life. It gets better. <laughs> so, a CEO, no matter how eloquent he is, he can't get this message across. Yeah. A third party is needed. So. It's very interesting. I think uh, these are all nice tools to have in your corporate toolbox, and I hope every L and D manager will will learn to use each tool effectively. All right, thanks for sharing, Andrew. I've been speaking to Andrew Chow from Idea Mart in Raise Your Game BFM eighty nine point nine. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm dot my or find us on iTunes BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station.